Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IG2G. This is episode 78. I, of course, am your glorious host, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. With me, as always, it's the Light Bear, the Light Bringer, the Light Bear Bringer, the Beastmaster. It's Woo! Eric himself. We got a lot of good releases to talk about. We got our favorite topic to talk about, and then we got some news on the back end. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that, aren't you, Eric? Indeed you are. Stay tuned, boys and girls. Strap in for a great episode. Bing, bong, boom. Number five. First up on the releases this week, we got John Wick Hex, which dropped for the PS4 on the 5th of May, developed by Bithel Games, published by Good Shepherd Entertainment. This is a turn-based tactics game. In It's sort of in the Hex style, but a little bit different. If you don't know the Hex games, they basically kind of made like a grid-based version of Tomb Raider, and I believe it was Hitman was the other one. But this one is a little bit more freeform. It's still a turn-based tactics-style game, but in this one, you you know, you know kind of plot out your turn, you're going to move to this spot, and you see that action play out in real time, but once your action is over, or once you spot a new enemy... The, the action pauses and you get to choose what to do next, what action to play out next. And then your actions and the enemy's actions kind of take place in real time as they happen. And then as it's over, you get to pick a new action, kind of do that kind of stuff. So obviously this is in the John Wick universe. This is a prequel to any of the movies. So I think he's still, he's still, a, you know, a hard boiled, uh, bad dude. But this is a really cool action take on that, that, that game. If you're interested in these types of, real-time slash turn-based tactics games like i believe oh man what was the one like uh, frozen synapse was one like this where you kind of plotted out your action and then you watched it happen and then you kind of queued up your next action of what to do if you're a fan of those kind of games definitely check this one out it's got a really cool kind of graphic novel art style to it and the only bad thing i've heard about it is the difficulty kind of ramps up in the later stages and sometimes the animations can be a little bit janky so on top of all the tactics actions you can do, you also get kind of a a level overview where you can drop, you know, certain items like bandages or extra weapons at certain points throughout the level, exactly like John Wick does in some of the movies. You can also kind of customize your loadout a little bit and take different weapons into the level, wear different suits that give you different abilities. So definitely if you're into a turn-based tactics slash real-time-ish sort of uh, of take on the the tactics genre if you're a john wick fan you should definitely check it out like i said the only drawbacks i've heard about are some kind of janky animations and that it gets real hard near the end but shouldn't all games get hard by the end so check out john wick hex and have yourself a great time number four this release brings a tear to the eye it is streets of rage 4 released for pc nintendo switch playstation 4 and the xbox one that's right everybody you can play it anywhere released april 30th developed by dutemu lizard cube and guard crush games it's a blast from the past it's a side scrolling left to right beat em up awesome game if you didn't play these back on the sega genesis you missed out it is definitely taking advantage of nostalgia here i personally when i first got my sega Got Streets of Rage 1 with it, so I played the heck out of that game. Beat it a million times, me and my brother going through, kicking butt, taking names. So, after 2 and after 3, you defeat Mr. X, take care of business. 10 years pass, you are now Blaze, Axel, Cherry, and Floyd, and Hunter, all of them. Well, those guns, a couple of them are new, but you know what I mean. A few returning ones as well. 
are individuals who are taking justice into their own hands. The streets are just crazy. You can't control them. You got to get out there. You got to punch. You got to kick. You got to combo move, power move your way across that screen, picking up pipes, picking up weapons, eating the turkeys and the birds on the streets, handling business. It's a colorful, fun, cool, left to right, easy to understand game where you utilize the different characters with their different capabilities, speeds, etc. They all have their own play style. You pick which one you like. You get out there and you get control of these streets. And in doing so, you're going to come up against the Y-Twins, which are Mr. X's kids. They've gone nuts. They're evil. They're bad. you got to stop them. Good guy versus bad guy. What more do you want? What's really neat about this one is that along the way, you're going to unlock scores, which are going to give you bonuses. So you'll be able to unlock the old CRT, you know, square pixelated versions of your characters. And on top of that, you'll get their power moves and stuff. So all sorts of characters are going to unlock as you go that you'll be able to use then to go through the game over and over and over again, having a great time using their moves. There's also a PvP matchup where you can go against a buddy, just, you know, one-on-one, that kind of thing. All sorts of really cool stuff. There's easy hard modes, super hard modes, you name it. This game's got it. If you loved Streets of Rage in the past, you're definitely going to want to get out there and check this one out. And if you didn't love Streets of Rage in the past, well, hey, I still encourage you to take a look because it is a cool, fun-looking game. And by golly, sometimes it's nice just to sit down with something simple, going to the right, punching dudes in the faces, and taking names. You know what I'm saying? Number three. Next up on the releases this week, we have the latest entry in a series I've always wanted to know more about and or play, although this entry in the series has a slightly different genre from the others. This is Sakura Wars for PS4, which dropped on the 28th of May, developed by Sega CS2 R&D, published by Sega. The Sakura Wars series has always been kind of like a, a visual novel slash dating sim slash tactical RPG this one, however, it's taken the tactics part and kind of switched it to an action RPG. And since it is fully 3D for, I think, probably the very first time in the series, it's kind of, it's, I mean, it is a visual novel still. You could go around, talk to a lot of characters, investigate a lot of scenes. But since you're moving around in a 3D world, it kind of feels more like a, maybe like an interactive anime or something, or kind of like a, maybe an adventure game more like. But it still does take place in that alternate, like 1940s kind of steampunk type setting where you, are the latest commander of the, I think they're the called the Imperial Combat Review or the Flower Division. I've kind of heard both terms tossed around interchangeably. But what you are is you take over a group of all-female combat warriors who whose job it is to fight off threats you know, from the country. I believe in this case, it's a bunch of demons, and how you fight them off is everybody has like steampunk mechs that they hop into and you got all these cool abilities and you fight off the enemies. So in your downtime, you're walking around uncovering the story, talking to the different characters. And like I said, kind of in a dating sim type of fashion where if they like you more, they'll perform better in battle, maybe unlock new abilities, that kind of thing. So it's important to do that part in the, in the, in the visual novel slash dating sim style to get benefits in the combat scenarios. So from what I've seen, the graphics look really good. The music's also really good. I believe it's from a veteran composer of the series, which has always had notoriously good music. It's not notorious. Famously good music? That, that sounds that sounds better. <laughs> it's notoriously awesome. Oh, my goodness. But from what I've seen, the action itself looks pretty fast, pretty pretty fluid, and then 
surprisingly flashy, not like Devil May Cry style or anything, but you do, you can knock enemies up in the air and, you know, charge up attacks and do all kinds of stuff. You can unleash ultimate attacks with like a big anime, you know, splash screen and, you know, voice lines and all this cool stuff, all kinds of flashy action. So I've been seeing kind of middling reviews on this, but at the same time, if you're a Sakura Wars fan, if you have been following the series or you followed the the one, uh, I believe it was a Wii title that came out that was actually released and localized. Definitely check this one out too. It looks a lot better than what I expected from hearing about the, you know, the genre change and all that stuff. So if you're interested in visual novels, narrative games, action RPGs, dating sims, any kind of thing, cause it's all, I mean, it's a mashup of all of those. So if you have interest in any of them, check this one out. It's Soccer Wars for your PS4s. Number two. This release is a wonderful indie title called Dread Nautical, released April 29th, 2020. It's available on all the systems once again, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and of course PC. It was developed by Zen Studios. It's a wonderful, cool little tactical RPG survival type game. You wake up on this cruise ship, something's amiss. This thing's like, hey, everything, I think people are dead and things are weird. And you're like, whatever, so you go check it out. Sure enough, the world's in bad shape. What do you do? You pick from one of four different characters, all of which have their own ways to battle through the ship to try to find help, get help, get the heck off, see what's going on. You figure out which one you like, you pick that one, and away you go. Along the way, you're going to go ahead and find survivors across the ship's different decks, which are procedurally generated. So, you never know what you're going to get. You'll go through, you find them, Talk to them, try to recruit them to help you. If you do that, they'll go back into your area, your main lobby, whatever you want to call it, and they'll hang out there. They'll take up residence. You can use them to help you clear out baddies because, yes, there are some evil monster-like baddies all over the ship causing a ruckus. you got to take them out using the different weapons that you will find as you proceed through the ship. You'll get all sorts of stuff uh, from swords, golf clubs, pipes, all that. Every kind of weapon you'll ever imagine is on this thing. You've got to find them, pick them up, utilize them, and keep moving across. As I said, it's like a tactical RPG fighting style. Grid base moving around, getting in within attack range, depending on what characters you choose. Depends on how you're going to be playing, obviously. So, as I said, once you get these people recruited, get them on your team, they can assist you in so many different ways, but you do have to be mindful that they require certain items that you scavenge throughout the ship. So, the more people you have, the more food you're going to need, the more scraps, the more uh, tools and whatnot to keep them going and doing what they need to be doing. So, make sure you're ready for all that, and you'll have plenty of help along the way. If you don't get all that stuff, well, things are going to start to go poorly. Any of the who's, the objective here is to get to the front of the ship, go ahead, sound the foghorn, trying to call out for help, that will reset everything. You'll go right back, open your eyes up again, and you'll go through a whole nother deck that's procedurally generated, finding more survivors, finding more supplies, doing what you got to do to survive. I think it's 20 decks in all to uncover all the mysteries and figure out what's going on on this cursed evil ship. Sounds pretty crazy. Looks pretty cool. Maybe it's for you. I don't know. Do you like a cool little... Uh, tactical RPG survival type game where you're, you know, going around picking up scraps, finding stuff, all that. Huh? Maybe? Eh? There you go. Number one. 
And last but certainly not least on the releases this week, we got a game I knew absolutely nothing about before researching stuff for the show. And now I'm super interested to get it and play it. So it's my very favorite type of game. That's why it's going last. It's number one on the releases this week. This is Wintermore Tactics Club, which is out as of the 5th of May for PC. I believe it's also coming to other platforms as well, but I don't have any hard data or dates on that. But developed by EVC, published by Versus Evil, this is another kind of genre mashup. And it's, I mean, it pretty much is in the Sakura War style because you're, you're mixing up visual novel and tactics games. So think of like Final Fantasy Tactics, that kind of grid-based system. And then mixed with a visual novel about you're kind of in this high-end high school that's famous for having all kinds of like really unique clubs. The Wintermore Tactics Club, which is your main club, obviously, is kind of a, a group of like D&D geeks. Like, you know, they, they it's, a, it's a knockoff. They call it like caverns and catacombs or something like that but you're a bunch of D&D characters and what's cool about it is you know as you're doing stuff in the actual real world of the high school your characters kind of take on the personas of their D&D characters I'm just gonna say D&D even though it's C&C in the game and as you're solving problems you're kind of solving them in these D&D type scenarios so you you get a little bit of that, like I think there's certain part certain parts and portions of the game where you're crafting custom D and D scenarios to help other people in in the game, like kind of cope with the issues that they're having. So you have this visual novel style going around, getting side quests, meeting new characters, meeting new people, and then the overarching plot of the game is in this high school where you have all these weird clubs. The kind of like the principal of the high school has said, "Hey, we're going to have a snowball fight tournament." Among all these clubs, any club that loses a match gets disbanded. So you're kind of you're kind of getting your club together to do these, you know, tactical snowball fights as well. But then you're meeting other members of other clubs as they're getting disbanded. You're, jo- you're they're joining your club, and you know you start off with typical D and D characters like a paladin, a wizard, and maybe a thief or something. But each time you get a new character from another club, a new member to your club, they show up as a as another character archetype. So maybe you've got like a necromancer or a cleric or something. So it's it's kind of fleshing out your team and your abilities to do the side quest, to do the other stuff, to also do the main snowball fight tournament. So pretty cool premise, a pretty cool mashup of two of my favorite styles. It's also got really nice, seemingly hand-drawn type of graphics. The animations are a little bit simple, but the overall visual style of the game looks really nice. I've heard the music's pretty good too. So if you have any interest in visual novel or narrative type games and tactics type games, like exactly like Final Fantasy Tactics, definitely check out Wintermore Tactics Club. It's out now for the PC. It may be coming to other platforms, but nobody can give me any data on it. So hopefully it does. I would love to have something like this on the Switch, be playing stuff, you know, during lunch at work having a great time. But until that time, get it on the PC and have yourself a good time. Have a blast. Imposter's topic of the day. Matt alluded to it earlier. It is time for yet again, another persona cast brought to you mm-hmm. by the wonderful Matt and the wonderful Eric. We decided, Hey, why not tonight go through Matarami's castle and mementos and talk about what we think of those two particular areas and any other storylines, etc., that occurred within those two realms and regions. It is an open okay. topic. We can talk about whatever the heck we like, bosses, music, any additional changes to the dungeons itself, all that good stuff. Matt, what do you got? What's something you notice? Anything at all between those two things? Or have you completely forgotten everything? 
I haven't completely got forgotten everything, but I want to start off with something that's not even on that list at all. Oh, something no. we talked about. <laughs> something we talked about off air where we're spitballing the idea around because it's such a good thing and it's good it's good and it's bad in its own ways. I want to mention that hey, all the time right now, since they've I think feel like they've reworked the characters, the social links, so there's all there are always two to three people to hang out with on any single day. And I feel like it's such it's such a good change because I remember a lot of times in Persona 5 regular where there was absolutely nobody to spend any time with. Even as it got later into the game, there'd be like, oh, or you know, there's maybe one social link available for but a character you didn't like. Now it's there's always three people, and at least two of them are the new people. So sometimes you have to juggle between this new experience and this other new experience. And I like it because I'd rather have I'd rather I mean, that's what Persona's about, is spending time with your friends and leveling them up and hearing their stories and doing that stuff. But at the same time, I don't have free time, quote fingers, to level up my stats and do that. So I find myself lagging behind in that area. What do you think about it? I know what you think about it because we talked about it before, but it's worth mentioning on the show. What do you think about that? It is, and it does pertain to this. And I said anything in between these two things. And you know what's in between these two things? Hanging out with your friends. Free time. Handing out the freaking love to all your friends in the Persona Mm -hmm. world. And like you said, I do indeed enjoy having the opportunity now to spend time with all said peeps. My problem comes in that you need certain stats to get certain have certain walls with said characters. So you get mm-hmm. absorbed in having fun and actually hanging out with these characters, going back and forth, laughing, talking, etc. And then you mm-hmm. don't up your stats. And then you hit a brick wall where it goes, hey, you, you should have had this much guts to get this character to come hang out with you. But you didn't. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at level one. Congratulations, that character's gone until you sacrifice everybody else to get all the way up to three guts. It sucks. And there's there's absolutely nothing worse than that. Because it's happened to me a couple times on stream where I need to farm my charm to get this character up. And it's like, well, I have these other characters that I do want to get up, but I need to go and do two charm activities at least today to start getting those points in. And nothing feels worse than being like, Sorry, friends. I can't hang out. I need to go take two baths today. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than that. <laughs> That's, it's so true. It's so true. I was just last night, you know, I'm over here playing, and I'm like, well, I'd love to hang out with you, but I've got to go to the bathhouse because the guts are going to go up because the man's going to burn me. I have to do it. There's no option. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Just, or hey, guy friends, we can't hang out together. I gotta go eat a giant burger. Yeah, with my cat <laughs> because it's gonna give me like three, four stats. I have to. Uh-huh. Don't have a choice. <laughs> have a great time. Don't worry about yep. it. So it's it's the balance. I like I like on one end. I love it. I love all the new mm-hmm. options, all the extra stuff they've got going here. But on the other side, it was nice to not have those options and just go. Well, okay, it's just getting whatever stat I need up. Study, study, yeah. study, 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 study. Oh, that's not what I need. Okay, charm, 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 whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But of course, as we talked about last time, this time around, they opened up the night options. Huge, just a huge amount. So mm-hmm. you've got way more options available to you at night. Even if you can't go out in the town, most times you can at least stay inside LeBlanc. And then inside LeBlanc, they got so you can go in the bathroom and get the cleaning materials to get your kindness mm-hmm. up, etc. We talked about this last time. But it's almost all the time. There's very rarely any moment where Morgana lays down on the banister and Seda sits up or stands up and then says, you got to go to sleep. 
you always can at least go study or something. Yeah, definitely. But since we covered that, I want to mention too, I feel like with a lot of the new characters especially, they've really fleshed out those nighttime social links too. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of, I know especially Akechi, he has a lot of nighttime stuff you can go do too. So it's like, oh, it's nighttime. Well, I'm going to get Kawakami and maybe Mishima. Oh, Akechi's there too. Oh, sometimes this other character pops up. Oh, this other character. So I feel like they've even fleshed that out even more because some of it's not, all new characters. Some of it's your old buddies. It's mm. like, wow, we never had a nighttime hangout over there. Oh, we're going to go see a movie at night. Cool. And just to add on to that, there's been times where I've gone out at night and I've seen surprise visits from like Takemi and Anne mm. and whatnot. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember this and last, you know, regular Persona 5 at all. I don't know if that was there mm. and I just forgot because it's not like it's a huge deal, but it's like, boom, stops. Hey, what are you doing here? And then you get like a cool back and forth bit of conversation. And then they walk away. I feel like that was definitely not there because Takemi got me with one of those. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely would have remembered her talking to me about doing my laundry and how cool it is that I'm such an adult. <laughs> and then getting the, the added little social yep. bonus for it immediately. So just fantastic. Uh-huh. And then on top of all that, whilst going through this area, this section, I finally caught on. Last time I played, I never really I paid attention to all the whispers and rumors, and then like the girls saying, "If you go to the hot shop here and get this particular thing," mm-hmm. I never really paid attention to it because most time it was just some stupid materials that costed a whole bunch that I didn't care about because I would just go farm mementos for a thousand hours and get everything I ever needed. Mm-hmm. But I was like, "Wait a minute!" So I started going around to them this time and find out there's shops that if you go on the certain days, like for example on Sunday, go to the walkway. Every Sunday, yep. they've got a smoothie there that gives you just, for 5,000 yen, boom, you get a boost. One point to whatever that smoothie boosts you for that week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I've been missing out. Oh, that sucks. Now, I said, mm-hmm to that, but what what stat is that? Because I didn't know about the smoothie thing. I do about a lot of other stuff because mm-hmm. I've been doing the same thing, just popping into every single shop in town. It's changed every week. It was guts one week. It was kindness one week. and then, oh, so it's your social link stats. Yeah, your social link your... stats. Yep, every Sunday, you go That's... down to the underground walkway, and there's a smoothie shop there that for 5,000 days. See? You see? That's what Game I Game mean. over. That's it. I'm just going to start over. shop every I'm Sunday. Wiping That's the it. Shop, wiping everything. I'm start over going to that smoothie shop every Sunday. You know how many smoothies you missed? Oh. I know. Because Sunday is the time I hang out with a dude, so I've missed at least like seven smoothies. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <It's>, <laughs> so you can't be perfect see, now it's see, too late <laughs> see this is the bad part of what we're talking about I feel like a lot of times I'm overwhelmed with how many social link people there are to do so many stat boost things to do that I forget to do basic things like do the laundry sell my stuff I mean if you've been watching me on stream you hear it I go oh god I gotta remember to sell the stuff next time I get a free time then I go through four days of free time to get to the fifth one and go, ah, it's done. I never sold it. Mm-hmm. Jeez, it's because something's always there and you always got to be picking something. And it's all fun and great and wonderful and cool. But there are those times when I'm just like, I, I dropped everything on the floor and I can't pick everything up fast enough. What's and there, One little marble goes rolling all the way into the bathroom and down in the vent. Oh, it's gone. And it's gone. You're never getting it back. You lost that chance. And, and if you don't know, there's certain characters who appear more rarely than others do. So, like, if you don't understand which ones come out more often and where the availability of that all comes into play, and you spend your time with, say, Ryuji, who's there all the time, like almost every day, and you're going with him and then skipping out on Anne or a couple of the others who don't come as often, 
it'll get to a point where it's too late to get some of their ultimate end game stuff yeah. and you screw up. So it can be stressful if you're not paying attention or if you're just playing blindly through because there's going to be characters that are going to be that marble right going right down that little ventilation mm-hmm. shaft and off they go and you'll never have known that it was too late when you made those choices. Baby. But that's what New Game Plus is all that's about. That's right. You that's get true. everybody's level 10 bonus, then you go see them 10 times only, mm-hmm. and then you just spend all your time with these other people, which is something I'm I'm kind of dreading, but also looking forward to. Because like we said, off air and then on air here, I feel like even the characters I want to invest in are starting to slip because of the stats thing. So I'm at least going to, I'm going to at least take pride in getting all the level 10s that I get, and then knowing that next time... Since I will have all my stats too, I won't yeah. have to farm stats or do anything. You'll be able to It'll be a lot it. easier. Yeah, but it's also terrifying to go. Oh, another 120 hours to get all the things I want to get. Now, guess what though, <laughs> man? Don't you worry about that because, as I told you guys all last time, or maybe whatever time, I lost all my memories, my saves, etc. Yeah. So I had to start over. I've been skipping all the talking scenes, all the cutting points. What took me 42 hours. I got done in 12 hours this time. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this game is about talking and interaction. You skip that mm-hmm. stuff and you just get to the questions and the, and the points, it goes way down. Way, way down. <laughs> well, obviously it does, but, I mean, there, there were a couple times in the original game when I was on my second playthrough, you know, I was working like the night shift at work, so I'd play a little bit and mm-hmm. I'd be like, uh-oh. I only have 30 minutes and I got to still get to work. Skip, skip, skip. And I felt I felt like dirty sludge just come over my whole body and into my soul. And I went, oh. That's, so true. You, That's true. You are 100% correct. But at the same time, it just feels so nasty and bad. I don't do feel it. dirty sludge, though, because I had just done it. I, I've literally just done all the things that I'm redoing. Well, so you're, you're in a different scenario. <laughs> yes. Now, if you did it again on another straight-up playthrough, mm-hmm. then, I, then I would say you're a dirty sludge man. Yes, I agree with that, I guess, because the point of it is having the interactions and laughing and mm-hmm. going along with the characters. But I am just saying, if, just for example, the first couple palaces, you're like, man, you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, 12 hours later, you could be done with them and then start uh-huh. to pay attention again and cut off 20 hours of that 120 hour game. I'm just saying there's true, true. A, there's ways to kind of get around it, you know, if you don't want to invest that whole time in because it's daunting and it's just a lot of time yeah. to invest in a game, but as we love Persona, we want to max out everybody, get those trophies, look like we're cool and awesome to somebody that would pay attention to such things, but <laughs> That's right. So I'm going to say stuff you should be paying attention to are the differences in the palaces and in mementos. So kick us off with some of that, Eric, because you asked me to do it, and I said, no way we're going to talk for 12 minutes about something completely different. So you talk about it now. Go start us off with something. No, good. well, let's go with the mementos, all right? Let's, let's talk about that first. The addition of what's-his-face, because I don't even know his name, because I don't know names. Well, it- Eggman. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. On the screen, his name is Jose, but in the Japanese pronunciation, it was Yose. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's, you know, he's like a little weird robot kid or something. Yeah, he's anyway, some so. weird little robot dude with a vehicle going around looking for flowers, and then he'll take mm-hmm. your will seeds, you know, your collected will seeds, and turn them into like an ultra charm. Mm-hmm. But he's super weird to me. Like I, I, I enjoy the addition to him, the mm-hmm. addition of him, I should say, but. 
I'm like, what in the world is happening? Because he doesn't really explain why he's there much about himself right. at all. He's just like, hey, I'm in here and look what I can do. And he'll, he can change the mementos itself and add, right. you know, bonuses to you to where you're getting like more uh, money, this or that, more experience mm-hmm. and stuff for a cost, of course. You got to pay him in flowers and whatnot. And then these uh, marker yep. points or whatever. You got to pay that in the stamps. Yeah, that's the, the stamps, that's the, stamps, the marker stamps, yeah. Yep, yep. At, at each station or the, the end floor of, you know, the end point of your floor. And there's bonus and ones. sometimes hidden around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. I noticed that. There's the bonus ones you got, and then like Matt was saying, the end of the areas will always have a, one to grab up. You get all those, mm-hmm. that, and then you can unlock the XP, and it's permanent, but you can reset it. So, like, if you don't mm-hmm. need XP anymore, you can reset it and just go for all money or items or whatever. I thought that was really cool because it allows you to kind of focus on what you need in mementos. So in theory, you don't have to spend as much time in there if you don't want to. You can just Mm -hmm. get the stats you need. And then, of course, for the flowers, which you just find everywhere, just like you would find your typical items when you're running around mementos, they allow you to get all sorts of cool group items that give you SP, HP back, single items, same kind of deal. It's just an easy way to get stuff for you and your characters Mm -hmm. to go through the palaces and handle business. So, all around, he's nothing but helpful so far, but I feel like there's got to be a catch or something weird. I just, it's a strange character. Strange. He's got to turn out to be the evil baddie of the end, end game. I don't agree with that. I will I will say it is 100% helpful and very cool. And really, even if you're just farming in Mementos and you win a battle and you see XP, blah, 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 and it's a little bolded out and it says bonus next mm-hmm. to it, it just feels good. It feels right. Same thing with the money. And the one thing that I haven't really capitalized on yet is the you can increase the number of items you get. That's that's the 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 last thing you can increase. And when you get like four items out of a battle, uh, uh duh, you're not going to use all those. So you're going to go sell them. You're going to make ridiculous piles of bank coming out of a memento. So you can afford anything you could ever want in the game. It just feels good, and I it's it feels like one of those added bonuses just for you know, people who are playing it through on their second or third time because it just makes it easier, makes it more fun, makes you progress faster. It respects your time. It says you're coming through this game a whole nother time for 120 more hours. We're at least going to shave a little bit off of that by letting you get more money, get more XP, get more items, flow through it a little little easier, a little better. Mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I, honestly, I do feel like it was just an addition to help those who are farming and getting their stuff handled, and even for beginners who just want to have an easier way of getting materials and carrying on. It's just, yeah, I hope I hope there's a point where he does talk a little bit more about what he is, who he is, and why he is. Right. And, of course, I got a ton more levels of mementos to get through, which we're going to see Jose a whole bunch more, and maybe that'll happen during that time. But for now, he's just this mysterious character who, once again, I don't know if we mentioned this, you, he doesn't stationary. You don't know where he's going to appear. So you just got to go down mementos. And as soon as you enter the mementos that he's in that particular time, you'll see him come racing out. And he's like, woohoo, looking for flowers. Bye. And that's the one thing I don't like about it. Because when I'm, you know, getting to the end of my mementos run and everyone has like two and four SP left. And I'm like, all right, but I have 86 flowers. I really want to cash in and get at least one item. And then I could just boogie right out of here. It's like, oh, let me go down a floor, not there. Let me go up a floor, not there. Down a floor, up a floor, down a floor, up a floor. And I just, I don't have to do it, sure. I can just exit and just say, screw the item, screw the flowers. 
but that feels really bad. Yeah, no, you don't want to waste them, yeah. And what else feels really bad is just running up and down the stairs, like spawn into the area, run back up, run back down, back up, back, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's not exciting. It's boring. But at the same time, his stuff is good, so I want to get it. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's frustrating, though, that he's not like, oh, look, he's at level three in this layer of mementos, and he's always going to be there, and you know where he's going to be. It, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, but with everything being procedurally generated, I understand it was probably easier just to pop them in yeah, randomly, true. just like the levels are you know built randomly every time you enter. So mm. I get it, and I guess it's just more incentive to explore and keep playing in mementos, which is beneficial to yeah. you anyway because it gets you more XP, more items, more everything, which helps mm. you win the game instead of getting frustrated and getting stuck in a palace. Absolutely. And speaking of palaces, hey, man, Eric, we've both been through – that Matarame Palace. I almost said the wrong one. And I think we can touch on Kamoshida's Palace a little bit too because we didn't talk much about that. And there's a couple parallels there. So what's... Uh, I, did, I don't think we even talked about the Will Seeds last time. I feel like we didn't even talk about it because we're going, oh, that, that character whose first palace it is. We weren't even saying Kamoshida, so... Oh, my goodness. Like, did we even talk about him? Don't recall. But hey, we can now. Screw it. We'll, we we'll go light on now. that because... I feel like we were supposed to cover Kamashitas, but maybe we never did. So, the wheel seeds, regardless, it's a good topic to start on. The wheel seeds for Kamashitas Palace and the wheel seeds for Monorami's Palace. What did you think of their placement in there? Did you think it was well-placed, kind of chintzy? Uh, And you can go separately, because I do have separate opinions of both. I Personally, I feel that Kamashitas were placed pretty well. I like Mm -hmm. that they had that entire inclusion of uh, when you got to the tower. And you're yeah, going you up the tower, and you had to go up the outside. That was a nice, fun inclusion. Not too. It was not super obvious, but it was obvious enough that if as long as you're looking, you're gonna mm-hmm. find it, and you'll get to it. It was a cool little ad- added area to there. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also the other one where you had to get the uh, the gears going, and then go down the bonus little ramp down to the yeah, yeah, the dungeon yeah. again to get that one. That one was also well placed. Had a cool little area all of its own just for it. I thought those first three wheel season Kamashitas were pretty well done, but I felt the opposite, I thought, for uh, Matarami's Palace. I, I didn't really think any any of those three were very interesting. One of them was literally you just got to the end and you just went around the left instead of the right, and yeah, it was just sitting there. True. And then the other one was just hookshot. It was visible to you the whole time through the pane glass. All you had to do was just hookshot yeah. up over to the top. And yeah, then you had to get up yeah. and then hook shot across. Yeah. And I remember the first one right offhand. If I thought for more than half a second, I probably would pop it up. But I just felt like those ones were kind of okay. I mean, it's just wheel seeds on my way. It's not challenging me or hidden in any way, shape, or form that would make me have to try or explore. Yeah, I mean, I agree in general, but at the same time, since they are so good, I don't want them to be like super hard to find, especially <laughs> since I'm streaming it. And I'm like, because as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh man, here's a hidden thing. And I was like, oh God, if I have to stop before I get to a treasure and just go, I only got two wheel seats, where the hell is the third one? And backtrack all the way down, I would be super mad and pissed off at myself, not at the game. But I mean, I, I agree in general. I feel like Matarames, it, it was... A little easier. It was just like, hey, look, it's right around the corner, or it's like you said, you see it over there, so you always keep it in your brain. Uh-huh. You're you're never distracted enough to go off track. But I appreciate so much what what you get from getting those will seeds. Oh, yeah. I don't even care. You could just drop it straight in my lap, and I'd just be the happiest clam in the bucket. Because those those the trinkets you get, 
the abilities they come with, they're so damn good. It's just they're so good it's disgusting sometimes. Like I got the I got I got the Kamashita one and I was just like, that's amazing. And then I got the Madarame one and I went, bloop, that's going on Joker forever. Because it nullifies all your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So why would you <laughs> Yeah. Why would you ever not have that? And it gives you, and this might be after Jose. I was going to say, yep, because, I was going to mention that. Okay. Because you take it to him and he, he makes him even better, like you said, but then it also gives you a chance to block any attack. One attack, other than Almighty, which nothing blocks Almighty attacks, but you swab that right on Joker or whatever party members get attacked and boom, now you, you don't got to worry about nothing. It's, uh-huh. it's perfect. It's great. Yeah, I was just going to set that reminder out because it's got a a weaker ability it's amazing but it's still weaker before you get to jose with it so you make sure you take those trinkets and get into jose and the mementos as soon as you can mm-hmm. to make them as powerful as they can be which i think was another clever way to kind of just segue you into mementos instead yeah. of never going back there except for when you've got a stockpile of eight or nine quests to go do so you can just mm-hmm. barrel roll all the way down to the bottom of mementos crap I never went into Mementos after Kaneshiro's dungeon. I didn't mm. upgrade my thing. Oh, and now I'm in the other dungeon. Oh, man. Bogus. Hey, you got to come on out. You got to just back on out. <laughs> That's not happening. No, anymore. no. We I'm know just that. just going to steamroll through and then have two things to upgrade. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Man. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that. I, I, I like mm. that they're not super hard, but for me, since I'm not streaming it, I kind of want a little bit more challenge. You know, I was hoping yeah. to see, like, maybe you see, like, something off, and then you find a switch. We'll open up that, and then you go, you know, just something that requires me to make sure I'm paying attention, because that's what I keep doing. I keep going around, scouring the area, using my keen eye to see what I can mm-hmm. see, and it ends up just being, hey, I sense a will see door right there. Look it. Oh, I didn't have to sit here and, like, look everywhere in every room, because it's just... Pointing me to the wheel seat door. All right, cool beans. Yeah, I, I had that in the in the bank palace, the third one. I had a moment like that where I was like, "All right, I'm walking around with my third eye vision. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? I'm looking at like one little red corner on the map. I'm like, that's got to be it. It wasn't it. Turn around. Oh, look, goes right. It's a big giant door, like literally right there. Mm-hmm. I do. Wi- I do wish maybe there's not a lot you can do with the like the the palace system itself because you're just running around and ambushing enemies and stealthing. Maybe if there was like a, like you have to put together a bunch of numbers to make a combination or something, uh-huh. find a scrap here, find a scrap there. And then for the third, you know, to get to the third door, it's, Hey, look, here's this weird door with a giant combination lock and we can't figure it out. Do you have any ideas and not give you that? Like, Hey, maybe you should check in your things and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But just have it be, huh? We don't know. Hmm. And then if you can put it together, then you get that last one. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah. Just something that's a little bit tougher, a little more challenging, so I feel a little more rewarding. It feels a little more rewarding once I get it. That's what I was hoping for, but I shouldn't have hoped and expected anything and just been happy with what I get. That's what I get. You should should be happy with those amazing items. That's right. Well, trust me. They are fantastic. And Uh as I said last time, it's super exciting to put them on over the ones I got through the bonus pack, but at the same time Mm -hmm. sad because the ones I got through the bonus pack were pretty nice, you know? And I was like, cool. It was a a worthwhile bonus pack, you know? Hey, this is neat. Oh, those Mm -hmm. are replaced. Okay. Well, they were neat (laughs) for a dungeon, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Of course, going on that, moving on. And this one's tough because I don't know. I I guess my memory's not fantastic, but did, was there? What did you notice different? Did you notice anything big different 
and and Madarami's in particular because I'm fresh on that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't really notice much except for in his fight himself. Did he turn into all the different colors last time? I I can almost guarantee he did not because what I remember the gimmick of it being last time was you fought the the facial things mm-hmm. they fell out he was him you hit him a bunch and then the facial features came back yeah. and like you had to you had to send a party member out to get the black ink to put on them so they were all vulnerable so he definitely didn't split off and make fake copies of himself that were only that open were all to elemental elements based. Mm-hmm. there's there's no way that that happened okay cuz i didn't think it did i was like wow that's pretty neat i don't remember this ever this must be new mm-hmm. but i'm like well eric can you for sure say that's new and i was like mm, i can't for sure say that's new now but- you can for sure say it cuz i'm backing <laughs> you up and we might both be wrong but nope we're for sure saying no, it no i was going to say podcast. we we both New sense that that was not there, so I'm pretty sure we're all right because I don't remember it at all. So that was neat. I appreciated that, and it kind of gave the boss instead of just doing the same thing again, but with one different dynamic. You know, going through and just oh, cool. Now I got to hit this one with lightning and this one with ice, and then oh no, I didn't have the right characters for this, so I got to let this one just keep pounding on me while I just keep going at him and heal through it. It was pretty cool. And that that's the one thing I didn't like about it because I like. Like I told you, I was going through with a different party setup than I normally did. So anytime there was a wind enemy out there, Ryuji wasn't in my party, so I couldn't hit it. But I could hit it because Joker had a Shikyoji with all the multi-hit element, elemental magic on it. Uh-huh. But at the same time, since it's multi-hit, I kept getting reflected from everything else. It was, It wasn't hard. I did die once just because... I did it twice and didn't realize how much damage he was getting from the reflected attacks. Mm-hmm. But then after I knew that, it wasn't hard, but it was kind of annoying. But, I mean, Madarame is annoying, and it's good that the boss fight wasn't just the same thing I'd experienced all over again twice to do it a third time. So I did appreciate it. I really liked how you got like the feeling like his skills were diminishing. Like, hey, I can make all these good fakes, and then he starts throwing out the really crappy ones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah their abilities got really crappy, yep. <laughs> and then like the next time, there were three of them, and then it would kind of balance back and forth, two and two. I really liked that. It was a good it was a good like storyline reminder of what you're actually dealing with, the, the kind of person you're dealing with in a boss battle. I really appreciated that. Yeah, and the back and forth with that. Because as they got crappier, I think Ryuji came out and was like, oh, man, you can't even keep up your own artwork. You suck, you know? And yep, yep. It was just mocking him as he got weaker and weaker and getting to matter and matter. So it was definitely mm-hmm. really cool. I like that. But in the dungeon itself, I didn't really recall anything vastly different, obviously, except for the added areas with the will seeds. Uh, I think it followed pretty much the same tropes and the same moments as it did previously because you got stuck in the trophy, you know, Morgana went crazy, and then you had the uh, the room where you curtail past. I feel like there was something different in the in at least one of the painting rooms because I remember there being a whole bunch of enemies down on the floor of one of them. It was that second one where you you know, the paintings are blank and you're filling them in uh-huh. as you go. I remember there being like two or three big hard enemies just pop, moving around on the floor of that and getting kicked out of paintings a lot easier than I did this time. So I don't know if they just made it easier. Who knows? But I remember there there being something different there because I was, I was getting tight on SP and it was a long way between save rooms. And I remember my first time through in Persona 5 regular, that was a tough room. And I was like, duck, duck, dodge, trying to get to the ladder without getting seen by stuff. And there was mm-hmm. nothing in there this time. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think it did have the three red enemies patrolling, so every time you got kicked out, you were in serious trouble getting screwed. Because I remember trying to yeah. run a lot straight for the uh, the jump emoji to get all back up again, yeah. to get back in the paintings. Mm-hmm. I did like the uh, state inclusion of the octopus trap when you're inside mm-hmm. of the painting and it has the option to go touch the octopus or whatever, and you do, and it yeah. grabs you up and throws you out. I was like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm glad that's there. Yeah, cool. And then there I was wanted no to do it, but I, I didn't do it. I didn't oh. do it because I was on stream and I was like, "What if this? What if it's a giant boss and it kills me? I can't do it. I can't do it." I did it. I did it, and it just tosses you back out. But since there's no yeah. baddies on the outside anymore, like you said, it didn't mean anything. I just jumped back in and got back up and kept going, no problem. Yeah, I feel like that was the biggest difference for me, other than a couple. You know, when you're using the grappling hook, there's a couple different rooms for that, but nothing, nothing major. That I recall, anyway. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping, honestly, that they were going to switch up the mystery rooms when you were uh, checking out the paintings and seeing which ones were real when you yeah. were off the map. I was like, well, this would be a perfect place to kind of add a new scenario in because it was off the map. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a mystery realm, so you don't really got to do any real work. Because, well, you got to create the environment, but you know what I mean. No real work right. on the map side or anything. But that one seemed pretty same all, same all, same all, so... Overall, yeah, not too much was changed this time around, which doesn't disappoint me because it was still a good dungeon. The story content mm-hmm. throughout was awesome, and I like the way they had to force you out a couple times to do mm-hmm. storylines to get back in, to open the doors and keep moving. You know, I love that Scooby-Doo scenario. Mm-hmm. Hands wearing all the clothes uh-huh. I had. So yeah. good. Just throwing them off, and poor Yusuke's just, oh, 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 oh good. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, oh wait, no. But that's terrible because you get like forty minutes of Anne's acting. Even yeah, that was person, bad. It's, hor- it's horrendous. It is horrendous. You're right. It is terrible. It, it obviously, obviously for a reason. It's hilariously horrendous. But at the same time, it's just like ugh, ugh. <laughs> so for myself, besides all that, I got two points I want to cover real quick, and then obviously you, if anything else that gets you. For me, it's the batting okay. cages. All right, I want to mention the batting cages because. In between all this, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get in there and get those trophies. There's a couple trophies you can get in there. There's like the home run, then the slugger or something like that. I can't remember which. I think it's that. Home run, then slug fest or something. And it's freaking difficult, and I have no idea how to do it. I've went in there several times, and I've gotten the home run one, but I can't get the slug fest one. I don't even know how I got the home run one. I just line it up and hit it and hope I hit it right, and nine times out of ten, I don't. It hits it. And it's like, great hit, but it doesn't go and hit the, the home run thing or do whatever it is the slugfest needs to do to get a slugfest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm on a verge of cheating and just going to look at them seeing what in the world I'm supposed to do. But how is it even going to cheat? Because it's simple. You line the thing up and you hit the ball, but I'm sure it's got to be you got to hit it at a certain uh, depth because it lines up your ball. The ball, you know, it, does, it shows you where the ball is going to be, and then you take your uh, bat. Yeah, yeah. And then you just put your bat over the ball. But if you put your bat lower than the ball, maybe that will, you know, pop it up farther, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you mm-hmm. go down a little bit, it'll be faster. So I'm not sure all that entails. I just know that I've wasted a couple times on it. And in Persona, you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be wasting time. So I'm like, dang it, man. Just want to I can't help you out that. on that at all because I did, haven't done the batting cages. Literally a single time. Oh, I remember doing man. it three or four or five times in regular persona. But now, man, I barely have time to take a bath. I can't even. I can't go do batting cages and then figure out stuff on top of that. No, I need guaranteed skill points or guaranteed hangout time. I can't be messing around. With on a, a good cage. note, you get proficiency every time. 
Yeah, true. So at least there's that. You know, that's the only reason I did it one extra time was because I was like, well, I need proficiency anyway, and I'm really wanting to see if I can get this stupid trophy. It seems like it should be easy. You know, you get ten, not, you get like ten tries or something. So I mean, it's, you know, mm. you get a decent amount of chances to get this done right. But I failed. I failed, Matt. And and part of me was like, I should just delete and start over and not go there and waste my time. But <laughs> I didn't. I kept it. I kept it. That's definitely some place I do need to go because I need proficiency and I don't have a lot of other options in that area. But oh, like I, I said, could go could go hang out with a catchy. I could go I hang know, out with but Kasumi. there's a couple trophies call, sitting call there. A couple trophies, and one of them, like I said, isn't too hard. You'll probably just get it, but through attrition, like I said, the home run one. If you just do it yeah. a bunch, you'll get it. But second point before I throw it to you, and my final one for myself is Kawakami comes up during this this span of time as well. The option to get her. And whilst I, I, I mean, I love, I love that whole event where Mishima comes in. Oh, look what I got. Yeah. And Reed's like, Oh yeah, we're on board. And then of course they, they chicken out and say they got to poop their pants and they all run away. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. It's hilarious. I love how Kamakami just goes, ah, crap. Okay. Uh-huh. Hey, listen, I'll screw you. If you screw me, let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's work together. Whoa, hey, you whoa, know, hey, whoa. no, 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 you know what I mean. Whoa, I'm talking now. about. In we're the, getting to your level Ted romance thing here now. Whoa, I forgot. Watch it. Oh, I thought we were already married. Oh man, no, no. I mean, in the in the bad sense. All right. Yes. And yes. so your instance is like, all right, cool. And then the very next day, I love how it just goes. Hey, Kyle, coming. You had that super awkward, crazy moment yesterday. You should probably go see her. And then you immediately go and you help her out and hook her up. And she's like, hey, you're cool. You know what? Let's do this. And yeah. I don't know why, but I like that whole scenario. I like how the next day doesn't even give you a chance to really screw up or forget about her or whatever. It's like, no, you had a moment. Go find her and at least get this engaged. And then the yeah. downside is there's a wall. If you ain't got three guts, you don't get to get Kawakami for that weekend. And she's only available yeah. for that Friday, Saturday. And then as you said earlier, once in a while she'll call you on like Wednesday and say, hey, I'm available and free. Why don't you go ahead and give me a call? Mm-hmm. So – it really hurts if you don't have your guts where you need them because she, this event takes place at a, you know, certain time, which happens to be the Wednesday, Thursday, right into Friday, Saturday. Yep. So it's like, boom, you, you have to be ready to roll right when she gets going. If you want to get her already up, you know, a couple levels right from the word go. I got it last time. And then I, my, like I told you guys, my lost my save. And then this mm-hmm. time. I don't know, batting cages or maybe what did it. I don't know. Something happened, and I'm only at two guts instead of three, so I missed this weekend, and I'm super sad about it. I'm, just, I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I don't know what to say. I, just I guarantee that's it. You were like, these goddamn batting cages, I'm going to get them. I'm going to do it. And that was when you would have gone and done two days of movie. Whatever else. Some movie kind of, with some guts kind of movie something. or something. Yeah. It's got to be it. I know. Go eat a burger. Yeah. yeah. Go eat the burger. Try to get it done. And I think it's exactly, I think as I saw the movie with guts twice in my other playthrough, I only did it once this time. Wow. And then wow. I went to Big Bang Burger twice mm-hmm. and then said, oh, I shouldn't waste time here because you only get the guts or whatever when you fail. Yeah. So I only went once when I could level up. And I'll bet that's it. I'll bet those two things mm-hmm. get me that guts three that I missed out on. Just like that, folks. Just reiterating <laughs> how easy it is to miss something. If you're not paying attention. <laughs> oh, man. That's a shame. Now, the one thing I really want to talk about, I don't think you've gotten to yet, so I can't really talk about it. It's the darts. You haven't gotten to the darts place yet, have you? Uh, Yes, I did on my other playthrough. You did? Okay, yeah. Yeah, when... Th- 
I was expecting it to just be a hangout and, oh, you automatically gain proficiency and maybe like one little doodly-doo, uh-huh. uh, you know, confidant skill up little point. What I wasn't expecting was for it to be an actual full-on mini game where you actually play darts, you strategize, and depending on how you play the darts, you, I mean, you get, you get bonuses to your baton pass anyway, no matter how you play. But then if you strategize it correctly, you can automatically max people out in that first darts game you have with them. It's so fantastic and so fun, but also hard because darts is hard and like the mechanics themselves are a little wonky. But I love that they added this whole addition to the baton pass thing when they already have it so you can do it automatically from level one. So you you would think, oh, it's just going to be regular baton pass. No, they gave it to you there because you need to level it up further in the darts game which is fun and cool, and you have good scenes with your teammates. Like, I did it with Yusuke the first time. Uh-huh. And when you set them up for success, like, you, you give them, like, a really low number to hit their second time throwing the darts, they'll go, oh, like, he says, oh, I'm not sure how to throw it. And you have an option of three things to tell him. Obviously, since it was Yusuke, I was like, throw it like you're, you're like you're painting a picture. And he's like, oh, yes, I get it now. Fing, and then maxed out immediately. So it's... It's cool and it's fun and it adds on to a system that you got already, gives you added bonuses. You get cool conversations with your buddies and it and it tests your knowledge of your friends and how they would respond to what you're telling them. It's the perfect it's the perfect encapsulation of what Baton Pass is. You're building your team. That's what they say. Hey, we're here, we're gonna build up the team. Uh-huh. And you literally do that by what you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah, I didn't get to explore it. I got to go and open it up and then did the initial game with Ryuji, I think it was, and mm. that was it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. But then, of course, I never it got is. to get back to it. So, yes, I mm. saw it. But that kind of borderlines almost into the Makoto scenario. Because don't you get that right before that all starts up? I can't Pretty remember much. anymore. I think it's, it's, it's like yeah. right, it's like right between. It's, yeah, it's right in the in-between after Matarami's Castle, and it's deep into your free days up to the next scenario. So like that one won't come till later in case you're all at that point where you're, you're thinking you're there. You're not there. It's, it's a ways away if you're only at Monorami, but it was awesome. And then, isn't that a whole new area? That's what's the whole new area, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And in that whole new area, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't gotten it yet. You know, when you're running through mementos, one of the things you get all the time is sooty clothes, dirty clothes, dirty clothes, dirty yes, clothes. Yes. That addition's awesome. You get that from, you know, the previous castle's worth of stuff. So everybody's kitted out in the best gear. You got your Madarame gear, but you're getting all these sooty clothes from Kamashita's castle. Hey, just take it to the second-hand clothes shop. Mm-hmm. You sell it to them. They give you... Po- they I think they give you money, and then they also give you shop points, which you can use to spend on cool accessories, and then, like, random packs of clothes. Mm-hmm. So that might have new stuff in it anyway. I almost said a bad word because I'm so excited about it because it's such a cool addition. Now... If you don't want to wash your clothes or have Kawakami do it for you, you don't even have to do it. Nope. You can just go there, sell it in bulk, get a bunch of stuff, get cool. You you get like, I think they sell like dizzy vials too, you know, status effect things. They give you all kinds of cool stuff for that. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. When I saw that, I went, oh, definitely. I'm just going to start saving the gear, throwing it into the secondhand store and don't even worry about it. Because mm-hmm. 
as you said, you can go to Mementos and farm money and items to sell all day long and then go over to the uh, airsoft shop and just get the best of the best in there. And granted, mm-hmm. in the dungeon, sometimes you'll, you usually will find something that's better than whatever the gun shop has. But you definitely do. Yeah. But as, uh, you just said, if you go to the second hand shop, sell everything, get the, uh, the clothing packs, I'm going to bet money that it's going to have the equivalent of said gear in those as well for you to pot, put on and hook yourself up with. So I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just going to just say to hell with it. And except for maybe once, I don't know. Maybe I'll have Cow Comedy do it once a castle or something. But other than that, that stuff's going to the secondhand store. Yeah. I think for me, if there's ever like a break between a palace where you get like a, a day or two before you get to go back in, like uh-huh. you occasionally get, especially in the later stuff where you got to pop out and go back in. I feel like that's a good spot where if you've got stuff from the palace you're in, it definitely behooves you to have it washed or to wash it yourself because then it is definitely better than anything you're wearing. Uh-huh. But if you, like I said, I, I ran through mementos like one day up and down and I got at least 20 sooty items. So just going there and just being able to just dump it. Cause I was looking at it. I was like, should I sell this at, at untouchable for like a hundred yen a piece? Cause that's, that's even, that's a waste of my time to even click the button and do it. <laughs> But then you can sell it over there for actually what it's worth, but you just don't get the item itself. So mm-hmm. it's it's great. It's an awesome addition. Again, for it's just an awesome addition for anybody playing through it a second time. Oh man, I don't have to I don't want to have to wash all my stuff. Now you don't have to. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Oh yeah. I agree with that. I'll have more thoughts on the new area next time we do a uh a persona cast because yeah i didn't get to you know i got to run around in it but it was one day of running around and then everything went mm-hmm. to hell so i didn't get to explore it the way i want to you know and that makes me sad i think i did do the yeah. crazy man who was yelling and screaming and being argumentative and did that mm-hmm. mementos but that yeah. was it that was the extent of my adventure there and i know there's all kinds of like nighttime shops there you can go check out and bars or whatever mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm just like, oh, it's so exciting to have a whole new area to play around in. Yeah, definitely. And I think before we get off on anything yeah. else, we got to call. We yeah. got to call it there. Otherwise, we're going to be going for like an hour and a half. Yeah, this and that's is ridiculous. Not cool. not cool. I'm not supposed to be on this podcast for no hour tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So this is the usual part where I say, hey, way, what do you guys think? And tell us how you do the things. But it's time for a news drop. And I'm going to say this is probably going to be the last regular IG2G for a while. Never say never in this business, whatever business you're ever in. It could come back someday. But for now, since we're going to have some changes coming up fairly shortly in the in the podcast land, because our, our friend Danny is no longer going to be with us, what, what Eric and I are thinking is we're going to kind of fold some IG2G into third shift regular. We'll do the gearbox stuff, but then, you know, have like a, if gearbox doesn't take up the whole show, maybe do a gaming topic, a couple releases, that kind of stuff. So you get some IG2G, you get some third shift, you get some peanut butter in your chocolate, some chocolate in your peanut butter. It's going to be a great time. Stick with us and enjoy it. And let us know what you think about that idea, what you think about it when it's happening. You can send all of those thoughts to us via email info at thirdshift.me, tweet it at us at thirdshiftme, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us on Facebook. You can also find us over at that beautiful, beautiful little Patreon. If you like what we're doing, like what you hear, consider throwing us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks. Any kind of amount helps us out, helps us keep the lights on. we got to pay those bills to bring the podcast to your ears. 
As Matt said, we've got some changes coming up. Danny is retiring. She's moving on to greener pastures. So this is definitely a time of change and definitely a time where we got to figure it all out. So help us help you. And if you can't help us in the monetary, monetary, whatever the word is, I can't think, whatever, doesn't matter. If you can't help us in that fashion, you can send us all sorts of love with mailbag questions, criticisms, boons, bonuses, five-star ratings, all the usuals. You guys know the rigmarole. So consider doing that because we appreciate it. Absolutely, and I can't tell you that this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday anymore. No, it's it, all it, over. It, it, <laughs> it doesn't. It's not going to. It's, it's definitely all over for now. So tune in to Third Shift Proper on the 15th this Friday as you're listening to this, unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case check us out on whatever Friday it is for you for Third Shift Proper, which you can find on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out. It honestly does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Get we choked do. up here. Don't get I choked appreciate up. it so much. I appreciate it so much. But I'll tell you this. If you are just an IG2G listener and you don't listen to Third Shift Proper, as Matt said, we're going to be integrating some of this over to there. So I promise you, we'll be talking about video games, other than Gearbox stuff as well over there. Like he said, probably doing some releases most of the time over there. A couple of gaming topics here and there. So consider going over there if you're only here, because we have a good time over there on Third Shift Proper as well. And you're still going to get all sorts of cool gaming news. Promised. Absolutely. And until next time... Whenever that next time is, whether it's Third Shift Proper or a resurrected IG2G, whatever it happens to be, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to save. Don't forget to save.